The Midweek Horror Podcast is supported by Horrified, the website that celebrates and champions British horror, covering films, television, books, fiction, and more. You can visit Horrified at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk and find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at horrifiedmag. This is the Midweek Horror Podcast with Hannah Fox and Alice Reed. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox. And I'm Ellis Reed. And we're back and we're keeping to our New Year's resolution. Yeah, we are. We're doing really well. Um, Pretty much two weeks on the dot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got the last episode out at the weekend, I think, and we're already a few days later meeting to record the next one. So let's see how long we can keep up a schedule of actually uh, doing a podcast every two weeks. I think, well, I think we can do it. Unfortunately, I don't, I, you know, we always do the bit at the beginning where we tell each other what horror films we've seen. Mm. Well, I haven't seen any. Uh, <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, yeah, because it's just too <laughs> soon. Like the last horror film I watched was Leprechaun in the Hood. What about you? Have you watched anything? Well, I actually have, because I finally last night went to see the new Scream. Really? So, yes. Oh my word. Squeezed one in quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's hear all about it. Was it good? It was good. I, well, I really enjoyed it. I could see people going and being like, meh, like, what, you know, it's just uh, like the others, like slasher film, you know, teens get killed. Yeah, yeah. Great work. Spoilers. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, guys. I mean, I think if you don't right know that teens yeah. will get killed. Probably part of the course. <laughs> Probably not the film for For a you. scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but really, <laughs> really, really good. I really enjoyed it. It had um, the good mix of new characters, new yeah. storyline, but with old characters as well. Um, so they had uh, Dewey and Gail Weathers and, of course, Sydney feature from the original films yeah. featured in it, um, which was nice. I won't, won't spoil it because it's still quite a new film. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was a nice... I would so I don't know if they're going to do any more. I suspect not. I think it was probably what I would say a nice end to the franchise. Yeah, um, yeah. I could be wrong, but um, it was certainly yeah, an enjoyable film. Lots of fun, silly, you know, glamour horror. What you'd expect from a slasher, and I think a lot of kind of good nods to the old films. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, not the best film in the world, not the best film in the franchise. Yeah, but it was fun. I'm you know yeah. Okay, but do you know anything about the kind of critical response it's got? I actually don't. I I kind of wouldn't be surprised if people did like it and if people didn't. Yeah. Um, there's things about it. It's not sort of so wildly different that you'd be like, oh, wow, that was clever or that was new and inventive. But I think I quite like that about it because, like I said, there was a lot of nods to the, the past films and characters yeah. that came up from the past films. And to be fair to them, they still did have... Um, Good little storyline with a bit of a twist, you know, left you guessing. Because at the end of the day, Scream is a whodunit, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think they still had that. And I was still like, oh, yeah, didn't necessarily guess that would be what would happen. Um, But also just a lot of, like, over-the-top fun stuff. Um, You know, people falling over staircases, getting stabbed a lot, as you would expect. Um, You know, being set on fire and then still being alive. And, you know, lots of that sort of kind of mad fun 
slasher fodder. Should we very quickly put it in Rotten Tomatoes and see yeah, how well it's we'll done with the critics? Because I'd be curious. Let's see. Uh, screen Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, actually, I, I think, I guess people like me did enjoy it because Tomatometer, 77%. Audience score 83. Perfectly respectable. Perfectly respectable. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people that would have gone to see this would have been Scream fans from of old. Yeah, yeah. And I think probably would have enjoyed it for what it was. A bit like talking about Leprechaun the other week. It's not supposed to be Oscar winning. Yeah, you know, it yeah. is what it is. And Scream is what it is. And it delivered for me. So know. that's the verdict. If you like Scream films, you'll like this. If you like Scream films, go see it with, you know, some mates or whatever and you'll enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Stars rated? Um, I would say... Let's go with a four. Yeah, yeah. nice. Right, shall we tell them? Mm, what we're seeing tonight? Yeah, definitely. Well, so I'm really looking forward to this. I think I say that every week. Oh, but me too, I've wanted I'm to see this for a while. I'm especially looking forward to this because it sounds brilliant. Um, so we're going to watch Nighthouse, um, which... I have had a brief look, just a little kind of quick look at a synopsis. And it seems to be about um, a woman who is recently bereaved and she's sort of obviously mourning the death of her husband yeah. in the house that I believe he created. I think it's he like an architect or something like that. But as time, as we go through the film, um, weird things happen and she's not quite sure if she's being haunted or if it's her mind or... That's what I took from from what I read. Um, it sounds so. I think there's really a cool. so again. Mm. This is just based on what I think I know. I think there's an interesting de- device in the plot where she discovers that there's another half of the house that's a mirror image of the half she knows. That's what I think. Oh, and I might be wrong. We're going to watch the trailer in a sec, and we'll see if I'm right. But I don't know how much of this is like... Because she starts to dig up weird things about her husband. And I think she realises she didn't know him as well as she thought he did. Like, he had secrets. Yeah, like he was having an affair or something. There was, like, something... I think there's something like... it Was there another woman or something like that? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like you say, he, there were secrets, yeah. So I'll be really interested to see how much of this is sort of like a psychological horror about her husband not being who she thought he was. Mm. But also, is it... Is it going to be a really weird supernatural horror where there's something otherworldly about the the mirrored half of the house? Is it kind of going to be yeah. like a scary grown up or a scarier grown up version of Coraline? Oh, or okay. Coraline, was, Coraline, yeah, Coraline, yeah. yeah. I can see why, like, why you'd think yeah, that. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. And actually, I don't think I've seen the trailer. If I did, it was a long time ago. No, I've never seen the trailer. I've seen images, and then I read. Like I said, I I went online and I was like, I'm. I'm purposely not going to read a long synopsis because I, I want, I don't want to find things out. You know, I just yeah, kind of yeah. want a brief, a brief kind of what, what's the gist. Um, so yeah, I didn't, but I do know that the director is also doing the new Hellraiser. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, well, then I'm very keen to yeah, see how much I like yeah. this film because I'm a big Hellraiser fan, as you know. As we do. I've yeah. I've seen so every like, Hellraiser. Oh. I always love watching a Hellraiser. Yeah, I definitely uh, I'm gonna I'm g- go back and watch some more Hellraisers because it's been a while. And as we've discussed previously, I've uh, I've never oh I think I've barely scratched the surface. I've seen a few, but definitely nowhere near all of them. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, so that yeah. is good yeah. knowledge. So this might be a really good forecast of what the director's style is like. Mm, exactly. 
Um, I can't remember the name of the lead actress in this. It's Rebecca something. Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall, that's it. And she was in The Awakening. And she's an English actress, but I think she's playing this with an American accent. Okay, Um, interesting. Showing showing a versatility there. Um, Something else I'm really looking forward to, Mm. and I think I've said this before about films, is just because I've seen so many horror films over the last couple of years, what attracted me to the horror genre in the first place was the excitement of being scared. And I feel like it's a long time since a film has scared me. I think when we watched Candyman, did I say I was hoping for a scary film? Yeah, you did. Now, I believe this film, I think I've heard it is shit your pants scary. I hope it is. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. The, I mean, I as I admitted, I was a bit scared um, watching the mezzo tint. Yeah. Is that the right way of saying that? No, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd you been know, you doubt it, yourself. Yeah, I'd been saying it as mezzo tint for long enough. But um, yeah, it is mezzo tint. But that freaked suppose, me out a bit. I suppose it's like pizza. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Two Zs. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, um, that freaked me out a bit. But I think more that it was just eerie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll be intrigued as well. Cause... I want us to be like jumping yeah, and squealing. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 hiding behind the sofa. I want to be nervous when I leave tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right, well, should we have a look at the trailer? Yeah. Okay. To the trailer. Let's have a jingle and then we'll come straight back and tell everyone what we thought of it. Nice. Well, we're back. Ooh. Don't know about you, Han. Spare pants on standby. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> looked, uh, oh, yeah. It looked pretty, pretty scary. Pretty yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, so what I thought was another half of the house, I think is just another house. I think it's a separate house, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. he, he does, you know, on his notes, it says reverse floor plan. And even like the, I think the house name or the number on the door is done in backwards writing. Yeah. And she says, she says, uh, this is the key mystery of the film. She says in the trailer, what was he doing? Mm. It's, um, it's our house, but it's backwards. Yeah. What, like, what's the reason for that? Um, it was weird though, because when she goes into the house in the trailer, she sees herself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. Lying on the sofa. Lying on the sofa. And then she's gone. So yeah, you don't yeah. see them together at the same time, but that's what we presume. She's walked in and seen herself. Yeah. Yeah. Really weird. Um, Very weird. Very freaky. Definitely supernatural. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, and the the kind of supernatural that scares me when it's done well, with like people getting abruptly yanked around by unseen forces. Um, A really creepy nothing man. Yeah, that was what creeped me out when uh, she's sort of looking, and you can see what could be just uh, like an outline of something, and then it turns. The shadow turns, and it's like. And I, I always find things, I actually find sometimes like the absence of stuff freaky. Or like, um, so like when there's the bloody footprints on the deck and it's like, well, what's that from? Where, mm. Where's the thing that's caused the bloody footprints? Um, and when they, oh, we've talked about this before and I've completely forgotten what the term was. When they leave too much space in a scene and you keep expecting something to pop up. Is it dead space? Dead space. Yeah. yeah. It is dead we space. got that off Matt Glasby. We did. We did indeed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was some time Author ago of the now. Book of Horror. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Dead space. Did you bring that back? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I will though. Th- that's all right. Cause we wanted the book back because we were going to pick our next film yes. from it. I've had a recommendation. Oh, for okay, it, so. cool. Yeah, so we'll I've got, I've got another chance. Yeah, to, you've got a reprieve. Okay, great. Um, yeah, Dead Space. And when 
I don't know if it was quite dead space, but when she's watching a video of her husband doing woodwork, I kept expecting something to, to pop out. But then actually, it was the creak of the floorboards instead. So I think a bit of a like, oh, yeah, you're, you're um, I think you'd be on kind of high alert. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, the, the sco- not knowing what's going on. The score in the trailer was very good. Oh, like violins or something. Yeah, 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 like just violins, like squeaking around, just shitting you up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a sort of um, classic modern horror trailer soundtrack. Did I they think. have that in Hereditary? They had something similar. Yeah. Like, a lot of... The trailer did remind me a bit of Hereditary, just in terms of the presentation, the little style. Yeah, yeah. You know, the um, the soundtrack, yeah, was a little bit Hereditary. Mm. Looked brilliant, though. Yeah, really good. Um, I haven't... I've only been more intrigued by watching the trailer. Yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. good. I'm, uh, I'm expecting... I'm expecting a good result for this one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I, I'd be... I don't think we'll be disappointed. It'd be a shame no. if we are. I mean, I'm obviously, I'm hoping for a five-star film. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if it's like a four, and like we say, oh, yeah, it was great, this, that, and the other, but... Yeah, it'll be something like... Just because how often do you see a five-star film? Yeah, and usually for me, the plot goes downhill at the end, and that would it might yeah. be something like yeah. that, great special effects, but you're like, well, what did that mean? Maybe something like yeah. that. Yeah, so, so that is the curse of horror, because you can get, for the first two-thirds of the film, you can go a long way by just making people tense and expectant and periodically shitting them up. But then you come to the final act and you have to deliver some kind of resolution. And you're right. That's usually where horror films disappoint a bit. Mm. And you often think, well, I really enjoyed the ride, but where I look, where it took us to, yeah. the ending was a bit unsatisfying. That is very common with horror. I think you're right, actually. And yeah. I find it's especially common with that sort of, Slick, high-budget Hollywood horror. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a risk of that. And I, actually, I think my most realistic prediction, I think I'm going to end up giving it four and a half. Okay. That's my prediction, but I'm hoping for a five. Same. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably thinking along the same lines. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, of course, before we see the film, we've got to order some Thai food. We do. Oh. Quite excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting hungry now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's order some food. Let's watch the film. And we'll be right back. Yeah, right back after the jingle with our review of... The Night House. The Night House. Excellent. See you on the other side. Right, well, we're back and we're mixing it up a bit. We really are. This is really exciting, guys. We're doing the podcast on the floor. On the floor. (laughs) (laughs) we have moved from the sofa to the floor all the way from the sofa it's all very rock and roll (laughs) yeah i quite like it makes me feel a bit like a bohemian well i like it because i'm sat right by the heater so i'm like a a cat by the fire it's lovely camped out around the electric fan heater feel free to direct it more to you as well i feel like i'm rather on the hog here that's all right that's all right i'm i'm not not very sensitive to the cold anyway no, literally, he sat here in a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Well, we have just watched the night, the night house, starring night house, Rebecca yeah. Hall. What's your verdict, Tam? Well, I I enjoyed it. Um, it was very scary at times. In terms of when I say scary, it put me on edge. Like I was, there were bits where I was watching it through, like through my fingers. Yeah, we both were. Yeah, I've never seen you that scared of a film no, before. No, it was just because it was like. 
I kept expecting something to happen. Yeah, they were very good at drawing out things. Yeah. And making you feel like something scary was coming. And they'd and like... dangling you like that for ages. Definitely. They'd like pan to the window and they'd look at the window. Nothing yeah. would come, but you'd be thinking something's going to come through that window or yeah, something's going to yeah. jump out. And yeah, that was that was really... They, they really kind of set that kind of uneasy tone really well. And you were always expecting a shock. Even though... There weren't that many shocks, really. There weren't that many jumps. Jumps, And sorry, actually, yeah. I think the most effective scares of the film were the ones that weren't jump scares. Yes. I mean, agreed. I don't mind the jump scares. No, no. Like, jump scares shit me up a bit. Mm. And I did watch this film wanting to be scared. You know, that yeah. was my... It's a horror film. It'd be a bit weird if I'd put it on wanting to be... Cheered up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I was just really in the mood for a film to properly scare me tonight. And it did scare me quite a bit, yeah. It did. I think it, yeah, it did deliver on that. I wouldn't say it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. But no. at the same time, it was, it definitely delivered on putting me, making me feel uneasy and making me quite scared at times. Would you say it's the scariest film we've done for this podcast? Yes. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I would. It's the, it's the only time we've literally, at times, both been sat there. <laughs> like, only, yeah, uh, half looking at the screen. <laughs> As if to protect ourselves from uh, something. What, what's your overall verdict? What would you get? Should we do stars? Yeah. Let's lead with stars. Okay, let's lead with stars. Um, I'm going to go with a four and a half. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Good storyline. Um, very well made. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. I, again, it's a, I, I don't think I'm just ever satisfied. I felt there could have been a bit more at the end to kind of, I don't know, I, I felt maybe I needed more of a wrap up at the end. Yeah. It was like a bit was missing for me. And some of the scenes, as good as they were, some of them are slightly too long, I think, at okay. times. Or repetitive, shall we say. Four and a half, though, still but very a good. A really yeah. good film, really good. And I actually wouldn't say, I've given it that and I'm disappointed. I think, I think actually, as this podcast gone along, I've got tougher. Maybe if we'd watched this in the past, I might have given it five. But I think there's so many good films out there. And this was one of them that just wasn't quite a five for me. Yeah, no, I agree it wasn't a five. Mm. Um, I'm sort of in my mind showing between four and four and a half. Mm. Yeah, it was a very, very solid, well-made film. So let's dig into the details. Yeah. Do we want to tell the people at home what the plot was? Remember, yeah. we're in spoiler space, guys. Yeah. No jingle anymore. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So basic plot. Um, woman's husband kills himself. Yeah. She's grieving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alone in their big, gorgeous, empty house on a lake. Yeah. Quite. Um, so it's quite remote, for, apart from her one neighbour, um, who seems to be fairly close in American massive house terms. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then she's, so she's obviously, she's obviously grieving and starts to feel a bit uneasy in the house. Like there's something there, like maybe the house is haunted. Maybe it's her dead husband trying to send a message to her. And at the same time, she starts to find out weird little bits so she'll find a photograph on his phone that of another woman. That was the woman. first one, wasn't yeah. it? She, she found a photo on his phone mm. that superficially looked like her yeah, uh, because you couldn't really see a face. And then she started to doubt it was her because she couldn't remember having a blouse like that. Yeah. 
and she ended up going on his laptop and finding a series of photos, sort of like taken just before and just after that one. Yeah. Uh, and in some of those photos, you could see her face. It turned out she was right. So her best friend, was it Claire? Claire, yeah. Had thought she was being paranoid. Um, but it turned out, no, it was a photograph of another woman who looked very like her. Yeah, so that was like clue one. And then I think after that, I can't remember really in order, but she found other photographs um, of other women who looked like her. Um, she found weird things like there was a weird, um, some weird kind of a, like magic books. Would you say magic and mythology? Yeah, books about the occult. Books about the occult, yeah. She also found his sort of architect's notebook. Yeah. Um, so basically, just to set the scene, I don't know what is a healthy way to grieve if you've been widowed. No. But her way of grieving was basically just surrounding herself with stuff to do with him. So at the start of the film, she was watching a lot of footage of their wedding and footage of them clowning around making home movies. And she was just looking at his stuff. And it looked like it looked like she almost hadn't touched a lot of the house. It looked like parts of the house looked like they were his spaces where... You know, she, nothing had been tidied away. His workshop, I think. Yeah, workshop. The, one, that the one bit at the bottom of the basement, yeah. Yes. And um, when she was going through his things, she found an architect's notebook that she'd obviously given to him. It said inside that, you know, dear Owen, use it well. Mm. And started off quite normal-looking architectural drawings of the house. And then it went a bit weird and started, like, turning into mazes and weird symbols. And he'd made weird notes. And then... Um, it turned into something labelled reverse floor plan, like he'd drawn a backwards plan for their house. And there were other little notes in there that said things like to trick. Was it to trick? Yeah, it? to trick it. So one of my one of my complaints mm. was I think they made it too obvious what was going on because this was quite early in the film yeah. when she found his notebook and he'd written like marginal notes and he'd written something like don't give it what it wants. That was it. Confuse, Confuse it. it. Yeah. And um, she ends up finding a sort of half-built, um, over the other side of the lake, hidden in the trees, a half-built replica of their house, except the floor plans backwards. So I sort of cottoned on quite quickly to the fact that all this stuff she's uncovering is something he's done to try and confuse um, a malicious entity. And actually, in the occult books, she found stuff in the occult books like... Um, labyrinths and reversed spaces have been used to confuse blah 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 you know evil spirits etc and actually I feel like I worked that part of the plot out almost as soon as the mystery was dangled I thought um, his comment in the margin of his architect's book was a little bit too obvious but yeah it got dark didn't it Mm. so it wasn't just a house he built to try and confuse this evil spirit and so, yeah, he he. So the house was there, and then as we go along, it gets it gets weirder and weirder. I would say she's seeing more and more odd things, and it gets to a point where she starts to be shown things by whatever is possessing the house. Yeah. And I think at this point, it's quite clear that something's possessing the house. Yeah. And then she starts to be shown images in mirrors and things of her boyfriend, like attacking women. And at the same time, she also ends up finding the woman in the photograph. She goes to an occult bookshop and she finds the woman and this woman confesses that her and Owen didn't really have a fling as such, but they met up in secret and... He took her to the backwards house. He took her to the backwards house and it was all a bit weird. And he tried to strangle her at one point, but then sort of 
started crying and backed off, and that was that. So we were we were like, okay, so what's going on here? He's and the girl in question interpreted this as him being really kinky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when she asked him to stop, he did. Yeah. Um. So she sort of came away a bit confused, thinking she'd given him the wrong signals. And that was just how he rolled. Mm. But actually, he was going to murder her and then stop. And apparently, he said to her, this girl who looks like his wife, I know what I have to do now, I have to end it all. And presumably, shortly after that, he killed himself. And the reason all this was going on, this sounds a bit hokey when I explain it like this. The film was done quite quite well. Actually, we need to say, though, as well. The near-death experience. Oh, no, but also, there were... um, some point she finds the bodies of the women yeah, yeah. in the reverse house. Yeah, so he'd been killing women. So he'd been and killing women them. and burying them in the house. And all the women he'd been killing were women who'd been chosen to look like his wife. Yeah. Now, the reason this was going on was because apparently she'd had a near-death experience many years ago. Um, this malicious entity had attached itself to her um, because she had slipped through its fingers. And to try and get her to come back to him, He'd been sort of whispering in the husband's ear, influencing him in a malicious spiritual way to try and get him to kill his wife. Because I guess he, this demon or whatever it was, or evil spirit, thought her soul belonged to him. He'd nearly had her, and then she'd been resuscitated. Yeah. And he wanted her back. And the husband had somehow worked out what was going on. Somehow. That was one of the things that stopped it being a five-star. Yeah. And he'd done some research into the occult, found out the stuff about backwards spaces being used to confuse demons, and he'd built a backwards replica of the house, and he was taking women there who looked like his wife and throttling them, and that would get the demon off his back for a while. And then the demon would be like, well, hang on. <laughs> this isn't your wife. This is just somebody who looks like but, your wife. And that was another bit for me that was slightly weak in that I I could get behind... From how she described the husband and what the husband was supposed to be like, I could get behind the fact that the demon had possessed the husband and he would be killing these people, these women. But it kind of seemed like he was doing that off his own back <laughs> to get rid of... <laughs> I know what, like, he had a good reason, but to kill somebody, like, without being possessed, you've got to have a bit of something... You would have thought... His wife... The way he was doing it as well. His wife, afterwards, somebody... There is a scene where they drop a little exposition where they're in a bar. Mm. She's in a bar with her best friend and two other people. And honestly, the questions they ask in order to bring out the plot details, you would have to be almost preternaturally insensitive. Awful, And to be fair, they tried to sort of like hang a flag on that and have her friend telling people off for answering asking insensitive questions, but it's still stretch credulity. A bit. Yeah. But um, one of those questions was, did you honestly not know that something was wrong before he killed himself? And she says, no. I think if this guy was running around strangling women, <laughs> you'd know something was up. Yeah. And I, and I do think the man, okay, so her neighbour, her lovely neighbour, nothing wrong with him, he's just a, a good friend, but he's always walking around the woods, um, around this lake with his dog. So... They meet on the ch- uh, the the lady. What's her name? The main character. Do you know? I don't know. Rebecca yeah, Hall. Rebecca. Well, it was. Well, B. that's the actress. Did she kept saying B, didn't she? Oh, yeah. and she signed the inscription when she said "use it well" in the yeah. architect's notebook. She signed it with the letter B. Yeah. So people call her B. I'm not sure what it stands for. No. But anyway, she was walking around the woods, and um, she bumped into the neighbour at one point and asks him if he's seen a house anywhere. 
And then, not long after, she finds the house. This is the reverse house. Now, the neighbour presumably walks his dog around there yeah, every yeah. day. Never seen the house. Never yeah. seen quite a large Oh, you mean house. the backwards house? Yes, yeah. I've seen the backwards house. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, hmm. Like, it was a bit... For me, I was like, well, yeah, he would have known what she meant by where's the house in the woods over here. Yeah. And it was just all a little bit... She found it, like, pretty quickly as well. Um, and... It was also, it was hardly a replica. <laughs> it wasn't great. And I was thinking, well, I don't know how much that would confuse a demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're having work done. It looks like a bit of a work site in it. I mean... I which which way am I facing again? Because <laughs> my problem with this is that the demon, it seemed blooming switched on when he's trying to kind of, when he's coming out at the end and doing all the things he's doing. And so I was a bit... Mm, about so, that bit. So we've done our usual trick here. Well, we, we're watching a film that we really enjoy. And, say all and the then straight away ripping the shit yeah. out of the man's stuff. The demon was extremely cool. Yeah, away. very cool. So when we say demon, that word was never used, was it? We no. just assumed that because of It was of nothing. The, it was called nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the occult box, we assumed yeah. some kind of demonic entity. But the way they portrayed it was... Extremely imaginative now. Very good. Very clever. It's not like um, uh, Insidious or the Conjuring style demon. The way he presents himself is, you know, like those two, that optical illusion of two vases. Mm. Next, uh, no, one vase. And then suddenly you look at it again. And actually it looks like two faces looking at each other. Yeah. They would do that with stuff around the house. So she would look up and she would realise that the outline of a piece of furniture next to a pillar looks like the shape of a person, a figure standing there, and then it would suddenly turn and look at her. And that the special crazy. effects they used to do, yeah. Yeah. Really clever special effects. So to be honest, I'm sure there were going to be people listening to this when I'm in the film. Because I know I sometimes listen to podcasts when I'm not in the film. Mm. Um, go watch the trailer. I'm not sure how well I've explained it, but there is, you do get a glimpse of that effect yeah. in the trailer. Probably the best one when it turns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was really good. Um, the acting by the main, uh, by Rebecca Hall, main character, fantastic. Yeah, and like we said, playing America. Really, really good. And if you um, compare that performance to her in The Awakening, mm. you wouldn't even think they're the same person. It's not just like, oh, that's the same person with an American accent. She sort of developed this whole sort of wisecracky, sassy American personality. Mm. Um, and she did a very good job of just selling that as being a real person. Yeah. And just general natural reactions, I think. Like, when she's going through the grieving process, um, for instance, actually, like, when she's at the bar, she's obviously destroyed, but she's also being a bit inappropriate and laughing and stuff, and I think that, to me, was quite real. Because when you're going through that amount of trauma and grief, you act a lot of different ways. It wasn't like she was just crying all the time, which I sometimes think they do in films, and that's not actually always accurate of grief. You know, grief's a bit, well, as we know, like, multi-stage, and I think... That which that was played so well, and her kind of the fact that she sort of didn't want to believe this, but also desperately wanted to because she desperately wanted to to feel her husband again. Because she thought she thought the spirit was her husband yeah. from, that, from the grave. So it was like that, that all, she and she just played played that really well. I think really well. Um, so that was really good. I tell you, in terms of the grief, she'd gone to a sort of dark place where more than once. She was sort of taking. She was sort of taking a sort of grim relish in very bluntly talking about the fact that her husband had killed himself, 
and kind of taking some sort of satisfaction in the fact that it made other people uncomfortable. Yes. You know, that that was how, that was one of her... she didn't care, because she feels like at that moment she's almost lost everything. So it's yeah, like, yeah. you sort of don't give a crap. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry, does that make you uncomfortable? Yeah. Sort of thing. And yeah, she did a really good job of sort of selling that as an authentic, real thing that somebody was going through. Definitely. Yeah, really, really impressed by Rebecca Hall. One thing I also picked up on was that I liked that obviously this film is about um, like mirror images, these two houses, these sort of like two sides. And I noticed they used a lot of nice symmetry in it, actually. So a lot of the way they kind of um, like uh, frame the scenes and things was really symmetrical. And it was really nice that they kind of kept to that and made it look. I mean, it was a really it was a really nicely filmed film. It was beautiful. I mean, the setting is beautiful. And the way that it was it was filmed as well was just stunning, really. Um, and I really liked that. I liked that they kind of thought about that. So we said we wanted a scary film. Mm. Actually, I just moved on a bit abruptly there. Do that again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, now, we said we wanted a scary film. What do you think were the scariest bits? I think it's got to be... The, and it's the, it wasn't even... I don't know why this was the scariest bit. But the bit where, we had, where I had my hands over my eyes like that, Narrow it down, Anne. Oh, well, the particular <laughs> bit was literally just because they lingered so long on the scene. And it was when she was trying to... Bri- it was quite a way into the film. And she's trying to, like, lure him out almost by sort of, like... She sat on the bed and she's kind of, like, show yourself and stuff. And they kept, like, going to the window and then, like, looking at her. And you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And actually, nothing really did happen. But it would, they really made that scene quite eerie because you knew there was something there. Like, I think the uh, record player, or was it like a hi-fi system? Oh, that kept coming on, That yeah. had come on and then gone off. Yeah. And Shit song. Yeah. What was that song? I, don't know, I think it was their wedding song. I've never heard it. Oh, get um, a better wedding song, oh, yeah. guys. Come on. Um, so they... Yeah, that that was really eerie. But there were there were bits in the film which were far jumpier and probably far scarier. But it was that not knowing when the scare was going to come, and they really they really did that well. They really made that eerie in that scene. So actually, my scariest bit was I think just after the one you're describing, because mm. she's sort of saying, "Where are you? Where are you? Where are you?" And she looks up, and in the steam on the mirror. Because I think she's just had a shower recently. Yeah. She looks up and the words here have been written with a finger. And then um, this invisible presence comes and she's like, oh my God, it's real, you're here. And there's a really quite well executed bit where she reaches out into the air in front of her. And you can see her fingertips Mm. registering the pressure of something invisible. And then she's sort of feeling him almost like a blind person would see someone. And every time she makes contact with him, you can see the pressure of something solid on her hands, but of course he's completely invisible. She's like, oh my God, it's real, you're here, you're here. And you can see they sort of embrace, and this is happening. And when when they're embracing, you can see his caresses um, touching her skin. And then she says, I don't know, she says something like, oh, Owen. And you hear a voice say, no, (laughs) not Owen. And I was like, Oh yeah, that was good. That's like a that's a, a classic scare. Yeah, I like to say not a jump scare, but no. a really good, really good moment in a horror film. Yeah, I I really like that. Um, and then and there was just a lot of her sort of like 
wandering around the house trying to work out where, you know, what was going on, where the noises were coming from. And they, you know, the camera kind of panned quite slowly at times, lingered on things, and then a noise would happen kind of slightly off screen. And it, yeah, it just made you feel really unsettled throughout the whole thing, actually. Actually, I think even more than scared for most of it, I was unsettled. I think Matt Glasby would have quite a lot to say about the scare tactics employed in that film. Um, by the way, people at home, if you've not read that book, Book of Horror by Matt Glasby, definitely check it out. He talks a lot about the specific things that filmmakers do yeah, to make us feel scared. And yeah, mm. And a lot of them were on display in this film. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. It, was, it was very well named. Someone knew what they were doing. Let's talk about the end. Yeah. So at the very end, um, she finds out everything that Owen was killing these women to trick the demon so the demon wouldn't take her. Um, and then she ends up with the demon sat in the lake, in the boat, almost between, I would say she's in the night. So she's not quite in her reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit weird. It's like sort of There's a, two moons in the sky. Yeah. She's somewhere else, at least in her mind. Um, it's, yeah. So she's sat there talking to the demon and he's trying to, well, he's trying to make her kill herself. So to shoot herself in the boat like Owen did. And she sort of nearly does. And then her friend is calling, Claire is calling her name. Yeah. And her friend is in the real world. Yeah. So she can see her friend sat, it looks to her, by herself in yeah. the boat in broad daylight. Yeah. With the gun that her husband used yeah. to kill himself. Yeah. And so her friend is badly calling her name and get to her. And then I think the demon on the, the nothing says something like, um, come back to me or something like that. And she then just sort of suddenly goes like, no, or she's not going to do it. Actually, I don't even know if she does that. She just puts the gun down and it's kind of clear that she's not going to do it. Claire comes and pulls. Pull. Yeah. yeah. We found this quite amusing. Yeah, yeah. So Claire swims across the lake to get to her. Fine, lovely, yeah. as you would as a friend. Um, but rather than jumping in the boat or trying to pull the boat back to shore. Yeah, because it's not far from It's shore. not far. It's talking like, about 20 feet. Yeah, 20, I was saying, yeah, about that. She pulls her, like, rugby tackles her and, like, pulls her into the water. <laughs> and then, like, has to get them both back to shore. Yes, yeah, she's what? like, breathe, breathe, swim. Yeah. She's drowning because <laughs> she pulled her in the water when she was yeah, having some I mean, kind of semi-catatonic episode. To be fair, maybe she panicked, but I think I would have chucked my gun, like literally grab gun, chuck gun, the gun's out of the way. <laughs> she left the gun in the boat, but pulled her friend into the water. That's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Leave your friend in the boat, throw the, throw gun, the gun in the water. Just lob that gun and then everything's going to be, you know, yeah. all right for now. And it looked, it did look quite comical because she sort of swam up, <laughs> up to the boat in right panic, grabbed her friend who's having a moment. Yeah. And just yanks her in the water sideways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really weird way to put Weird way that. to say to him, but hey-ho. They get to shore <laughs> and um, their neighbour's there as well and he's, um, you know, he's waiting there. And they're all sort of like hugging her and saying, are you here, are you here? And she's like, I'm here, I'm okay. And then at the end, they're all just kind of looking out at the boat and she can see, obviously she can see him. And the neighbour is asking, what are you looking at? There's nothing there. And that's, but we can see like a fuzzy shadow. I don't know if you can, but that's the end. And does she say something like, I know? 
Yeah. It's sort of yeah. Like, some wordplay on the fact that this demon is it's nothing. Is called nothing. Yeah. And then that was that was the end. Yeah. And it, don't get me wrong, I'm not unhappy with that because we did understand what the story was about and we understood why things were going on. And but I, a little abrupt for me. Yeah. I like a little. I always like a scene after, like one after that maybe wraps it up a bit more. You know, like <laughs> six think, months later. What do they do about the bodies in the? Well, that's the what I was effect. thinking. And also... Because her husband did kill a lot of people. He did kill him. And what's yeah. she going to say? Even if he had been possessed, or demon did it. I mean... Yeah. But he didn't Well, even. as we learned in The Conjuring 3, that doesn't work in court. Doesn't work in court. They tried. Yeah. They tried. I mean, there's not going to be a court case because he's dead. But his, his reputation's going to be in tatters. Yeah. And I... I don't know. I was just a bit like, oh, I could have done with a six months later or two years later... Or something where it was a bit more, just I, maybe a little extra. I've spotted a bit of a hole in his reasoning, actually. So her husband mm. obviously thought that the demon could only get to her by possessing him or influencing him. Um, I guess it kind of it kind of must be possession because he is described as these dark urges, which presumably are so strong to kill his wife, he can't really resist them. So he's killing surrogates. Um but he obviously thought that that was the only way his demon could get me, because when he kills himself, he leaves her a note saying you're safe, among other needlessly cryptic wordplay about nothing. You know, you're right, nothing is after you. Mm. Uh, you're safe now. Um, so if I followed that chain of logic, if I was in his situation and I thought the only way the demon could get to her was through me, and if I was out in the picture, she'd be safe. Rather than killing what looks like about a dozen women that look like her, I think I would have just, like, left the country. Yeah, get away from her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, she'd be upset, but loads of women wouldn't be dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, lesser I mean, of two evils. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, at, at what point do you say, hang on, to try and stop my wife dying, I've killed 12 people. Yeah. 12 other people who mean as much to other people as my wife means exactly. to me. Exactly, yeah. Is there not a better way? <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, he's an architect. Can he make, like, a really good doll or something? I mean, they didn't look that much like her. (laughs) My house was pretty shit, so, you know. Yeah, I'm not sold on that. I'm not sold on that. Yeah, that demon was quite eminently foolable. Surprisingly Mm. foolable. I I mean, it's me, the demon. Oh, hey. (laughs) Yeah, this is is my wife. (laughs) Go on, then, strangle her. Okay. (laughs) 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 yeah it it just it was fine it just i feel feel bad about killing a dog though yeah me too i know i i yeah that didn't for some reason that didn't quite wash with me yeah and also not only is he killing lots of women who look like his wife to fob the demon off apparently he's keeping his shit together well enough that his wife doesn't have a clue that something's wrong no and also, they, she mentions they've been married for 15 years. Oh, nearly 15 years. See, how long has he been doing this? <laughs> like, all that time? Because that's a lot of women. Because she said the demon had been... Yeah, The yeah. demon said he'd been with her since that day. Was it when she was 17 17. And they did say they'd married young, but, I mean, how old was that lady? She might have been, like, late 30s. Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall, yeah. Or am I just aging horribly? Sorry, Rebecca, I'm younger than that. <laughs> I would have thought late 30s, maybe. Seemed about... I'm going to look it up now. I should probably find she's like 21. Yeah. How old is Rebecca Hall? Not that it matters. We're not ages. No, we're not 
Anonymous. We just try Anonymous to work cannot. out. Yeah, we just try to work out the demonic shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Thirty-nine. Oh well. So done. yeah, late thirties. Oh, she's, you know, she's still younger than me. She's two years. I'm not in my thirties anymore. I'm forty. Ah, oh, well. Yeah. Forties are good times. Fab forties. <laughs> is, is that a thing? It's a thing, yeah. Fit Fab Forty. Uh, uh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've given it. I think I was four, four and a half stars. You've given it a stone cold four and a half. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very well made. Very stylish. Looked beautiful. Yeah. And um, just a nicely put together horror film that really hit the spot. And like most horror films, some of the plot details. Maybe the less you think about them, the better. I've definitely seen a lot worse plots, put it that way. Yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty up there. Yeah. For horror movie plots, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, last week we had the leprechaun. <laughs> leprechaun in the hood. And that, that yeah, raised many movie. questions. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, so many questions. All the stuff that went on in the night house, none of it, in terms of sheer ludicrousness, could hold a candle to the spliff laced with... <laughs> essence of four-leafed clover yeah i mean do you know i was thinking about this the other night i've not even seen a three-leaf clover since the 80s i mean yeah i haven't seen a clover in a while i've certainly never seen a four-leaf so Mm. yeah no madness so yeah i mean i'm more on board with you know demons and killing women who you think look like your wife yeah you know finding that many four-leaf clover full-on supernatural horror that i was happy with yes although i think that was clear from the moment we saw the trailer um, so that was what I wanted to do. It didn't disappoint. What would your prediction be for Rotten Tomatoes? Mm, I'll give it tomatometer rating. I think it'll be quite high. I'm going to go 82. I'm going to go 68. Oh, okay. Um, but with a higher audience score. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go lower audience. Oh. I think that's a film that would go down well with critics. I'll look. Rotten Toms. So, right here we go. Oh, okay. So, Tomatometer. 87. Oh, wow. Well, you Um, clearly won. Audience score, 69. Oh, yeah, you double won. Really did. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just think that went down very well at Sundance. And I think I could see that, like, critics would like it. Because it's a bit arty. Yeah, well done. You totally nailed that. Um, right, let's have a look at some ratings. Would you like to start with a red tomato or a rotten splodge? Um, should we start with a tom? Yeah. Okay, let's go with... You know when you think it's going to be... Okay, don't worry, I'm all right, I'm back to it. Vinny uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mancuso from Collider says, The idea that Hall should be the lead of more movies isn't new, but the Nighthouse solidifies it as objective fact. Oh, yeah, she yeah, was great. She did, a, she did a good job. I wouldn't say quite quite up there with Tony Collette in Hereditary. Tony Collette's incredible, though. I mean, I think that's yeah, unfair, yeah. really, because Tony Collette is very... She can play... Tony Collette can do funny, scared, serious. You know, like, I think Tony Collette's one of those people who can play a variety of parts. But, yeah, I think Rebecca Hall did a very good job. She did do a very good job. Okay, so... Let's do Daniel Rutledge from flicks.co.nz. It's a rare treat as an adult horror fan to be properly scared in a film. Yeah, true that. 
true that. And the Nighthouse gave me that sweet, sweet high, making my blood run cold more than once. Yeah, totally true. agree with that. I totally agree with both of those reviews. So do I. Good reviews. Um, so I've got a splodge coming up. Oh, hello. This is George Ignacio Castillo. I've probably not pronounced that right. Apologies. From Planet S magazine. And he says, this rather simple story is bent into a pretzel by Bruckner. Bent into I, a pretzel? I don't know what that means, but now I fancy <laughs> a pretzel. <laughs> Should I find it better? Like, because I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. You know, people try and be fancy pants. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. really. Mm, I'm struggling for squadrons. Needlessly convoluted analogy. Well, actually, Oh, this is a harsh one. Sean Edwards from Fox 4, Kansas City. What does watching paint dry and watching grass grow have in common? They're more interesting than this movie. There's really nothing worse than a dull horror movie. Nonsense. It's nonsense. Absolutely He's just trying nonsense. to sound hard. Oh, you were scared, were you? <laughs> I thought yeah. it was frightfully dull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our review of your review. Your, exactly. Um, any more? Do you want an audience one? Is that all the splodge? No, there's more splodges. Well, let's have one more critic splodge. Okay, uh, let's have Todd Jorgensen from Cinemalog. Todd says, Other than a richly textured performance by Rebecca Hall, this metaphysical haunted house thriller doesn't do much to elevate itself above genre conventions. Richly textured performance. I mean, that, the, I mean the performance is great. But it is, it is. I, what does richly textured mean other than great? I mean multi-layered but that is just you know great again i know i do sometimes wonder it's like why just say what you mean when you can be fancy pants? we've all got a thesaurus mate exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna find an order some audience ones let's see what the people thought oh. uh the first one we've got is from zoe the movie was amazing the wordplay and the plot kept me on my seat and was just mind-bending definitely recommend Sorry? She mean kept me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah. We know she Tony says long and very fragmented. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Barbara Hubbard, shout out to Babs, says a bit slow, then a weird ending. Not sure I got the whole gist well, she's the whole guest of the movie. <laughs> she means just. Uh, uh, who else have we got? Amil. No, sorry, Amil, read that wrong. <laughs> Amy, Amy says, wow, was the setup way better than the payoff? I think that was, wow, was the setup way better than the payoff? A couple of good scares, but really disappointing. I do like Rebecca Hall a lot. She's always fully committed. <laughs> I wonder how many of these are written, like written sober, to be honest. Yeah. The audience, actually, the audience seem to feel quite a little bit how I did. So Claudia F says, ending left you unsatisfied. And a lot of them are saying, so SR also says, hard to follow. Some parts had you on the edge of your seat, but disappointing ending. So that's interesting that the, the things that people are a bit meh about seem to be... In the film's defence, it's almost impossible to think of an ending that wouldn't be disappointing. Probably right. Because if they'd taken it the conjuring route of having her have some kind of epic confrontation with the demon and then send him back to hell mm. and have a nice clear ending where she was going to live happily ever after. I think that would have been a bit unsatisfying as well. And I get a bit tired when they go down the route of, she was just mental. It was all in her mind. Oh, God, yeah. And that's like, oh, no, guys, that's that can be a bit lazy as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so that wouldn't 
yeah, that would, wouldn't probably have made it any better. Um, I think I just sort of wanted a bit of, of like, okay, so what, what happened with the bodies in the house? And then did the demon just stay with you? Or Yeah, yeah. Because even if you'd seen like a scene of her with the demon and they're literally just living together and it's like, okay, well, this is what happened. What? Like, just like cohabiting with the demon? Just like, yeah, just, well, he can have the reverse house and she can have the other house. It could have ended like with a comedy montage of all the way he, she tricks in. Yeah, yeah. Or, but, <laughs> this I mean, house is smaller than I remembered. Uh, Hang on, is this a doll's house? B. B. She's done it again. <laughs> By Joe, she's done it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it probably was quite difficult to do a lot more with it. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think the main thing is, though, good film. Yeah. And we enjoyed it. Definitely. And, and go watch it. We wanted to be scared and we were scared. We were scared. scared, yeah. So in terms of what film we do next, mm. the re- recommendation I've had from my friend Neil mm-hmm. is, <laughs> I've forgotten what it's called, is it called <laughs> Malignant? Well, how would you know? <laughs> like, so is there a film called Malignant? <laughs> All I can think of is Maleficent, which is like about... The Witch of Snow White. Oh, I'd love to watch that. Oh, it's really good. Angelina Jolie in the role of Maleficent as well. Class. Right. Malignant. Malignant. (laughs) There is a film called Malignant. Is it by Neil Blokamp? No. Who's it by? James Wan. Oh, yeah. I think that's the one he means. So we could do that next. Yeah. And that's for that. It looks good. I just had a quick look and it looks very good. Okay. Um, The other alternative... And we should do this soon anyway. For a bit of a change, instead of watching a film next time, listen to an audio drama of a ghost story called The Signalman by Baffle Gab Productions. Nice. Absolutely up for that. So I reckon they should be our next two podcasts. What order would you like to do them in? Let's do the... um, What was it called? The radio play one? The Signalman. The Signalman. Let's do that one first yeah, for a bit brilliant. of a change. Yeah. And then yeah. we'll go to Malignant. Yeah, because Malignant's another modern horror movie. Yeah. So it'll just break it up a bit nicely, yeah, yeah. I think. Also, I, because when, when um, I went to the cinema to see Scream, we saw uh, another horror film which looked amazing. So um, I think we need to see that at some point, um, which was a new Blumhouse one. And I'm trying to remember what it's called. So okay. <laughs> I should have prepared because now I can't find it. Oh, news. It's not that. Hang on. Bear with. Black phone. Oh my god, it looks terrifying. It's oh, absolutely really? terrifying. What's the premise that you can glean from well, the trailer? So, Ethan Hawke stars. Ethan Hawk. Yeah. And he. So, what I could get, like, could understand from the trailer is they're always told to keep clear of this guy who's like a, like a magician or something. And. So the kid, the neighbourhood kids kind of stay clear. But then one day a little boy goes up to his van and he's staying clear of him, but he drops all his things and says, oh, can you help me pick them up? And of course then kidnaps the little boy. The little boy wakes up in a cell and there's like a, there's like a phone in the cell. And I think it looks so scary. And you've got Ethan Hawke in this like skull mask. And But I think what happens is he... To get out of the cell, this little boy needs to get snippets of information from all the other dead children that this killer has killed. And I think he picks it up on this black phone, which is some sort of like phone to the dead. 
But it looked, it sounds weird, but it looked terrifying, but also really I'm good. Definitely up for giving that a shot. I'll show Bit you the a picture of Ethan Hawke. Like, Trip. freak out. Nice. So is yeah. he the bad guy? He's the baddie, yeah. Um, but it just, um, we saw it and we were both like, oh my God, like we need to see that. It looks amazing. I'll read the, I'll read the, the little bit so, so people can get a bit of a better idea. Finley Shaw is a shy but clever 13-year-old boy who's being held in a soundproof basement by a sadistic mass killer. When a disconnected phone on the wall starts to ring, he soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murderer's previous victims. So there we go. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah. So that was another one for the future, but it's not out yet. Okay, yeah, definitely, definitely up for that. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in next time for more... Midweek Horror. Don't get scared now. 